This is day four together, week four, and I'll look through First and Second Samuel. Great last three days as we've looked at David and Goliath. <laughs> what positive stories about faith in that battle. But today we look at a strange battle. There are a lot of strange battles in First Samuel. The Philistines defeating the Israelites, the Ark defeating the Philistines, David slaying Goliath. But maybe the greatest battle of all in some ways is Saul's fight with the green-eyed monster, with jealousy in his life, what Shakespeare called the green-eyed monster. It was a fight to the death, and Saul lost. This monster of jealousy in his life, it is a hidden enemy in all too many of our lives. It is the destroyer of many marriages and businesses and friendships and churches, many relationships and lives. So we're going to take the wraps off of this monster the next couple of days. We're going to look at it for what it really is. It's going to help us, I pray, to be honest about whether this destructive force is in our lives, help us to see how to slay this green-eyed monster. And you may not have heard many sermons or messages on jealousy, and the truth is we should hear more, because one of the sins that tears up many believers' lives is this sin of jealousy in our lives. So we're going to look at the life of Saul and let the negative example of his life teach us the positive truth of what God wants to do in our lives. Now let's walk through Saul's life and begin by looking at the beginning of jealousy. Where in the swamp this green-eyed monster emerges from? How does jealousy begin? As Saul watched David defeat Goliath from the safety of the sidelines, he showed forth two of the most powerful roots of jealousy. Number one, Saul failed in his responsibility. And number two, Saul focused on another's success. That's where jealousy comes from. First, he failed in his responsibility. Who should have been fighting Goliath? Well, Saul was a head taller than anybody else in Israel. Goliath may have been nine feet tall, but Saul was taller than anybody else in Israel. And Saul was the king. He was the leader of the people. It was his job to be out there fighting Goliath. Yet he didn't. And David did. And David was victorious. It's a strange thing. The guilt that comes out of our shrugging off responsibility often grows into jealousy. Just think about how this happens at work. You don't do a job you're supposed to be doing. You knew you were supposed to do it. You just didn't get to it that day or whatever. Someone else does the job. That someone else gets praise and you get jealous. Or this works at home. One of your kids cleans their room and the other doesn't. And you reward the one who cleans the room and the other one gets jealous. They should have just cleaned their room. Or you work way, way later than you should, many, many nights in a row. And you come home and you recognize that your husband or your wife, there's not, I'm not talking about an affair here, but there's some friendship in their life with another man or another woman, a, a, a brother in Christ or a sister in Christ even. And your husband is out watching sports with this guy or your wife is sitting talking with this woman and you begin to become jealous of their relationship. And the truth of the matter is, you weren't there. You weren't there. Saul failed in his responsibility. And he had guilt about that. And we need to recognize, be honest about the fact that jealousy is often an indication of our feelings of guilt. Something we haven't done causes the situation of jealousy. But far more often, it's this second thing. Saul focused on another's success. David was victorious. And we see in chapter 17, verse 33 and 37, Saul never expected that. Oh, go fight him, he said. He expected him to die. But he said, well, he's going to do it. We'll have to let him do it. But David is successful. And David continues to succeed, and Saul couldn't handle it. 
Listen to what happens in chapter 18, verses 6 to 9. When the men were returning home after David had killed the Philistine, the women came out from all the towns of Israel to meet King Saul with singing and dancing, with joyful songs and with tambourines and lutes. And they danced and they sang, Saul has slain his thousands and David his tens of thousands. Saul was very angry. This refrain galled him. They have credited David with tens of thousands, he thought, but me with only thousands. What more can he get but the kingdom? And from that time on, Saul kept a jealous eye on David. Here's Saul becoming jealous because David was getting more recognition than he was. We feel like when we're jealous that their victory somehow exposes our failure. We want the spotlight. That should have been me. And this song they sang, Saul has slain his thousands. David is tens of thousands. That song played in Saul's mind as he went to sleep. You can just feel it. The question is, what's playing in your mind as you go to sleep? When you lay your head on the pillow, struggles over another person's success, words of praise they received that you didn't, recognition that they got that you wanted to have. When you feel that happening at night, you know you're having struggles with jealousy. So there was the root. There's where jealousy began. And then we begin to see in Saul's life the growth of jealousy. Jealousy, it's like a piece of moldy bread. You leave it untended, it just grows. The mold just grows. That's an ugly, unpleasant picture, but jealousy is an ugly, unpleasant attitude. So let me just show you in in Saul's life the steps of greater and greater jealousy and where it went in Saul's life. You might ask yourself if you're somewhere on this scale. The truth of the matter is, as I look at my life, I can see times when I wasted time looking at somebody else's success, thinking about them rather than thinking about what God wanted me to do. You ever been there? You ever been there? Where are you maybe on this scale? The first place is envy. That's where jealousy begins, just looking at somebody else, thinking too much about them. Envy grew into suspicion. That's the growth of jealousy. You see this in chapter 18, verses 7 and 8. Saul envied David's position, and that set his mind to thinking, what's he going to do? Is he going to take my kingdom now? Saul knew that Samuel had told him that someone was going to tear his kingdom from him. It was going to be given to someone else. So now he begins to be suspicious. Maybe David's the one. Now, that suspicion happened to be right, but he's filled with this suspicion. And this suspicion colored his every thought of David, making it impossible for reconciliation to occur. He began to suspect that everything David was doing was a personal attack, a plot against him. We're going to see next week that David did everything but plot against Saul, but he saw it all as a plot. Suspicion justifies our envy because we begin to think they're doing it on purpose when they're not doing it on purpose at all. So envy grew into suspicion and then suspicion grew into fear. In chapter 18, verse 15, when Saul Saul saw how successful David was, he was afraid of him. David's success brought about Saul's fear. When you see someone else succeeding and you're afraid because of it, you know that jealousy is at the root. You just know that your life is going to fall apart. You just know that something important is going to be taken from you, and you know it's that other person's fault. The fear of losing what you have is one of the most devastating results of jealousy. Now, it's usually a false fear, by the way. Usually, they are not threatening what you have at all. But even if your fear is real, even if they get your job, Your jealousy of them keeps you from looking to the next job, keeps you stuck on them. I'll never forget years ago talking to someone who felt some famous person had stolen a song from them. 
And they were telling me this story of their stolen song 10 years after they thought it had been stolen. I felt for them in the theft that they thought had happened, but I also was thinking at the same time, how many songs didn't you write in the last 10 years because you were focused on this other person? You were focused on your fear of what they had taken. Don't let someone else control your life in that way. This suspicion grew into fear, and the fear, number three, grew into hatred. Chapter 18, verses 28 and 29, when Saul realized that the Lord was with David and that his daughter Michal loved David, Saul became still more afraid of him, and he remained his enemy the rest of his days. There comes this point, and it happened with Saul, that the battle lines are drawn, the trenches are dug, the artillery is set, there's no longer any shades of gray, it's black and white, you against them, battle to the finish. Hatred. Now, let me ask you, do you see any opportunity for Christian love in that kind of attitude? The truth is, the truth is, Jesus has something to say about this to us. You look at somebody and you say, but they are my enemy. I'm not just making this up. They are my enemy. Well, even in that case, Jesus says, love your enemy. There's no excuse for you and I as a follower of Jesus to hate anybody. We're challenged to love everybody, love our neighbor, love our enemy, love one another. Fear, because of jealousy, grew into hatred. And then number four, hatred grew into open conflict. Chapter 19, verse 1, Saul told his son Jonathan and all the attendants to kill David. But Jonathan was very fond of David. And we're going to get to Jonathan and his relationship with David this next week. But here you have Saul saying, I want to kill him. He could say that because he was the king. You may not be able to say that about a person, but what if you could? What if you did hold that kind of power? What if you did hold the power to throw somebody in prison the rest of their lives? How much better it would be, you think, if my enemy was out of the way? And so Saul ordered the death of David. You ever wonder how someone could hate enough to murder or even want to murder? You don't have to be crazy. You just let jealousy grow. This is what it grows into in a life. So look at your heart. Look at your life right now. Maybe you're caught up in a jealousy over something that somebody has or some success that somebody has gotten or some job that somebody got or some way that they seem to be victorious over you or some relationship that they got that you didn't get. Maybe you're caught up in a jealousy right now. It happens to all of us. It's one of the sins that Satan often tempts us with. So where are you in this scale? Is your jealousy and envy looking at the other person and thinking, why did they get what I didn't get? Is your jealousy a suspicion? looking at the other person, thinking they're plotting against you? Is it a hatred? They have become your sworn enemy, or has it become open conflict? Where are you on this jealousy scale? Saul teaches us that jealousy is the road that we go down that ruins our lives, that saps our very heart and life from us. So before we get to the solutions tomorrow, I want to take a moment today to be honest about the sin and just give you an opportunity to talk to the Lord about it. He'll hear you. He loves you. Just say to him in your heart, Lord, as I've listened to this today, I realize there is some jealousy in my life over this person, over this circumstance, over this thing. Lord, I don't want to be jealous. I don't want to live that kind of life. I want to live the kind of life that you've given me, and you've given me such a great life. You have so much to give me, even in the struggles of life. So I pray that right now you'd help me to begin to let go of this jealousy and grab onto instead forgiveness and the life that you have for me. Thank you, Jesus, for your love for me. Thank you for your word. Let it speak to my heart in a way that helps me to live not in jealousy, but in faith and in love. 
I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Tomorrow we're going to look together at the actions of jealousy and God's solutions for jealousy. Jealousy. 